<laughs> All right. Today we're going to talk about how truth travels. Um, so, John chapter number one, verse seventeen, and Second Peter verse or chapter one, and then we're going to start in verse eighteen. On the other hand, so uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer first, shall we? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your words that you have given to us. And now as we learn how they did indeed get to us and what your uh, part is in um, getting this, your words, your Bible to us and what our response should be to that. We pray, Father, that this would be something that we do take seriously and uh, not just us in here, but everyone that's listening in, in, in the internet as well, and everyone to whom this message is, uh, is sent, Father, or reaches. So we pray, Father, that uh, after everything is said and done, may you be glorified and not anyone else, not myself. Um, after everything is said and done, Father, we pray that you're lifted up, not me, not Brother Francis. For my words are just man's words, and your words are the ones that are life and that are spirit and the ones that can save us, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The Bible says in John chapter number 1, verse 17, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came. By Jesus Christ. So as you can see the highlighted uh, words over there. Truth came. That means there was some sort of uh, direction. There was a distance traveled. Or a time, diamond, a time sector that is concerned with. Uh, that, that truth traveled through to get to us. So truth came. So God gave his words from the beginning. And then how do we have it right now? That's what we're going to be talking about today. How truth travels. In 2 Peter chapter number 1, I'm going to start in verse number 18. We talked about this two or three Sundays ago about how the apostle Peter said, Hey, we were there in the Mount of the Transfiguration. We saw... When the Lord Jesus Christ shone, it was so bright that Peter said he experienced, his experience was so just, just incredible that he said, Lord, can we build three tabernacles for you? One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was there. He was a witness. So were the other apostles. But he said once he penned 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 18, and this voice which came from heaven, we heard. I was there. I was a witness. Peter said, when we were with him in the holy mount, we were there. We experienced it all. Uh, then after his experience, he said, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. So what happens is some people would come to me and say something like this. And maybe you've heard this as well. If only my loved ones were in a church where they can experience Christianity. 
Have you heard that before? And some people would come to us and say, and, and they visited with us and say, you know what, I like your church, but you know what, I probably are, I'm probably going to take my family in this church, in some other church, because of the experience that we have. Have you heard that before? You know, all the rock music and the mist machine and the disco ball and stuff like that. If only my children would go to a church where the experience is grand. When God said in His book, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, He did not continue it by saying, And thou shalt experience salvation. He did not say, And thou shalt feel saved. He said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, And thou shalt be saved. So experience, sure, I am not discounting that at all. I am just saying that before the feeling, the most important thing is the facts. The apostle Peter said, listen, we have experienced it, but hey, don't believe, don't count on what we say. Don't count on what we, the ones who experience it, say. Count on, depend on that more sure word of prophecy. So you want to make sure that you go to a church that preaches the word of God. Hey, if there's experience, praise God. It better be the right experience. Amen. But you want to make sure they're standing on the truth of the word of God. Amen. So, uh... And then continuing to read, I, that was the rabbit trail there, but that's free, amen. <laughs> continuing to read, Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Now see, because light is so fast, hence the term the speed of light, we think that instantaneously as we turn on uh, the light, everything just goes you know, just goes bright. But light actually travels. Amen. That's hence the term speed of light. It goes from one place to the other. We think it's instantaneously only because it's so fast. Now, the reason why we're using this as a jumping board is because the Bible traveled. There is a path that God used for His words to come to us. And so we're going to talk about that Today, the first thing we're going to talk about, are you ready? So excited. (laughs) The first thing we're going to talk about is revelation. And I'm sure all of you, a lot of you have, have, uh, have heard about this revelation, but most of the preaching we, we, uh, we would hear about this is revelation, uh, inspiration, preservation, and illumination, which is fine. I'm not saying that's That's wrong. That's the part that God does. But then we're also going to to tackle what our response as believers are, right? So revelation, when God revealed His words, when God reveals His his, his, uh, His will, so that's from the truth comes from God to man. The action is the giving of truth. You with me? All right, so how did that happen? Well, 
Let's, let's uh, go to the Bible in, sec- in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. verse. I'm going to start in verse number 9. But as it is written, I had not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But God had revealed them unto us. God had revealed them unto us. The difference about the words that are coming out from my mouth right now when I'm not reading the Bible, the ones that I'm using to expound these words is that these are the words that came from Brother Francis, who is just a man. The words that God wanted to send to us or to bring to us is His words. God had revealed them unto us. That's the difference. Amen. By His Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth not the things, yea, the, thi- the deep things of God, or sorry, the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God, for what man knoweth uh, the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. So essentially, we can so we, we can render this down to saying, no one can know God's will, no one can know God's thoughts, no one can know God's plans, and no one can know what God means unless He tells us what they are. Correct? No, you cannot look at me while I'm not saying anything and say, this is what Brother Francis means. This is what Brother Francis is thinking because we cannot read minds. We cannot read other people's minds and other people's minds are finite minds. What more trying to read the infinite mind of God, amen? So what he wants us to learn, what he means, what his will is, what his plans are, he had to reveal to us. So that's the first, that's the first stop. Without God's words, we can only guess what they are. But God's words are sure. You don't need to guess. Amen. Some people think that only God's thoughts are important, important, but not the words. You cannot understand God's thoughts by reading them in His words. So, there was a time when God revealed His words to holy men whom He used to write them down. Okay, and we're going to talk about that later on in inspiration. That period has stopped. The period of revelation has stopped. Okay, when the canon of the scripture has stopped, boop, from Genesis to revolution, I mean revelation, <laughs> went from Genesis to revelation, when that was completed, God stopped Revealing. What, Brother Francis? You mean to say when God speaks to me in a dream at night, that's not God revealing to me? That's probably the Taco Bell you ate at 11 (laughs) o'clock. All right? I'll say, well, not me, but the Bible says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, very familiar verse uh, part of scripture because this is the love scripture. Many people use it during weddings. But towards the bottom part of it, it says, As it, uh, sorry, charity never faileth, 
but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. The reason why God used prophets during the Old Testament and even during the time of the Lord Jesus Christ and the apostles, the reason why God allowed them to speak in tongues is because they did not have the complete Bible. And so God would you know, God would speak to the people through the apostles, through the prophets, and what came out of their mouth was bam, scripture. Right? But it was not recorded then. But as soon as when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. See, even when we are raptured and take, or, or caught away from here, the Bible's not going to be taken with us. It's going to... Say, for example, I'm doing this and then all of a sudden I get raptured or I get caught away from here. You know what happened to this book? And then the people who are left behind will say, what happened to Brother Francis? <laughs> you know what? There's still revelation. Everything that's going to be revealed during that time, even during the time of the millennial kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, is still going to be the same as what's in this book. It's not going to be different. Amen. Why? Because when the canon of the scripture has ended, the time for revelation is done. So when somebody would come to you and say, hey, guess what? A few thousand years later, our founder found a cave and was given a new revelation from an angel. That is not what the Bible says. Amen. Because revelation has ended. So, there are two kinds of revelation. Well, some people probably have more than this, but I'm going to, the simplest term, categorize it to two. Number one is natural revelation. Romans chapter number one, verse number 20 says, For the invisible things of Him. Watch the wording of this. Look at this. This is so amazing. Some people might take this and say, That's so dumb. May I remind everyone, or may the Bible remind us, including myself, that this, these words are not my words. These are not man's words. So it cannot be fully grasped by our finite minds. Look at this. By definition, things that are vis invisible are things that you cannot See, right? But watch the wordings. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are what? Clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even His eternal power and Godhead. So what are the things that are, what are the natural revelations, all right, that people can get from just observing nature, from just observing what God created? Number one, His eternal power. When you look at something so vast and magnificent, 
You say, oh man, somebody must have eternal power to create this. And number two, and Godhead. And that somebody must be a God. So that they are without excuse. Natural revelation. I'll give you an example. Well, some people would say, you know what? There is no God. Well, we've heard that so many times. Used to be people were ashamed to talk about that, right? Now they're just out and out. And then we're the ones who look like dummies if we say that we, we believe that there's a God. And His name is Jesus Christ. My, have the tables turned, amen? <laughs> well, let me give you an ex- example. You know, the only one who could have pinpoint accuracy, clinical accuracy, when he says, you are the most beautiful, you are the most beautiful woman in the entire world. You know, the only one who could be accurate in saying that is Adam. Why? Because he's seen with Eve, he's seen every girl in the entire world. (laughs) Right? Did you get that? So for anyone to say there is no God in the world, just that, certain, that, just that one statement demands that he has gone through every creation, everywhere, in every un- universe, and, and searched out that there indeed is no God. Did you get that? It's like saying, I hate to use this, but just bear with me for a second, right? It's like saying Miss Coeur d'Alene would probably be the one that's the, the winner of every girl in Coeur d'Alene, the pageant, right? Miss Idaho would be the winner of every, every girl. They've searched, for, they've searched out every girl in Idaho. Miss America, they've searched out every, every girl or every lady in America. So, so again, I, I, I beg your pardon for, for me using this, this uh, example. And then after that, all of a sudden, there's Miss Universe. <laughs> Do you see the point over there? Miss Universe sort of just, it's just a misnomer, if you will. Does that mean, how come every, <laughs> how come every time, 100% of the time, all the winners of Miss Universe is from our, uni- <laughs> from our, from our planet? Have they searched out all the universe? So meaning, if somebody says there is no God, that just demands that they've searched out all of creation and tried to prove that there indeed is no God. That's why a lot of, that's why a lot of uh, um, atheists switch from being atheist to being agnostic. Atheist, you declare that there is no God. Agnostic, just say, I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows. See, number one is natural revelation. Number two, or sorry, yeah, natural revelation. Number two is divine revelation. When, uh, when people look at creation, number one, they see there must be somebody who is so powerful to create this. Number two, and that powerful person should be God, must be God. But the problem is, there really is not a message about the plan of salvation, right? When you look up to the mountains, when you go out to the mountains and you just look down to Lake Cordelain and you say, how amazing this is. 
That just The Bible says you just come to two conclusions. Number one, His eternal power. And number two, the Godhead. But there is no, you know, nobody goes over to look at Lake Coeur d'Alene and say, you know what? How amazing, number one, eternal power. The guy who created this. Number two, the Godhead. He must be God. But then nobody says, you know what? I'm going to trust His death, burial, and resurrection for my salvation. That's why God had to reveal His eternal plan to us, which leads us to number two, divine revelation. Look at Matthew chapter number, uh, Matthew chapter number 15, verse 16 to 17. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Watch this. Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah. Bar-Jonah means son of Jonah, right? Like Bar-Mitzvah means son of the law, right? Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Divine revelation, right? And then in Galatians chapter number 1, verse 11, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me, this is the Apostle Paul, is not after man, for I neither receive it of man, neither was I taught it. I, Peter did not teach me this gospel. The Apostle Paul was saying, I, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ, I receive it from Jesus Christ himself. Divine re revelation. Look at Ephesians chapter number 3, verse number 3. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. That's Apostle Paul saying, nobody told me about the mystery. God himself told it, revealed it to me. You with me so far? Okay, number one is revelation. And uh, that's from truth travels from God to man. And the action is the giving of the truth. Number two is what we talked about two or three Sundays ago, inspiration. Truth travels from man to scripture, meaning from man to manuscript, right? Revelation, God to man. Inspiration, man to scripture, right? And the action is the recording of truth. Are you with me so far? The recording of truth. And we talked about this already, so we're, we're going to fly through this a little bit, all right? Bear with me. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And the reason why I took the time to read this portion of scripture is because of this. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. is profitable for number one, what? Doctrine, all right? So, so just sort of, Put that in one part of your mind. We're going to go back to that later on, right? But what is the biblical term? Or sorry, what is the biblical definition for the term inspiration? It's found in Job 32 verse 8. But there is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. And so it's the Spirit of God working with the spirit of man to give them understanding understanding man not man during those times and the bible defined them as holy men of god right the inspiration of the almighty giveth them understanding to know that it's important because it's god it's from god to write it down now i'm going to take you to a verse 
And, uh, well, it should not be, it, it's grave, it's serious. It was, it's serious for all mankind, but praise God, if you're saved, you're not part of this anymore. Now look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak. Watch this. Not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but with, sorry, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. All right? So as you can see, the tone of my, vo my voice is going lower because I'm about to say something over here that we need to understand. When God wants to bring us truth, He is not going to water it down with our ever-changing, ever-polluted language. He's going to use His own words. Well, but man's not going to understand it. God said, you know why? Because this is not man's wisdom. This is God's wisdom. This is not man's words. This is God's words. You with me? These are not man's words. They are God's words. Man in his wisdom is more concerned with how to improve on God's word to make it more relatable, more palatable, more relevant. But God is concerned about the purity and the integrity of the doctrine that his words bring. See? So number one, like I said, we were going we to breeze through this. Amen. Number one, Revelation, the action is... Uh, sorry, the action is the giving of the truth from God to man. Inspiration is the recording of the truth from man to scripture. And number three is preservation. It is the, oh, I guess I, uh, no, no, sorry. Preserving of the truth. Preserving of truth from scripture through generations. From scripture through generations, Right? See, can you see the progression there? God to man, man to scripture, man wrote it down. And then the things that man wrote down, which are the words of God, have to prevail throughout all of time, throughout all generations. You know why? As we have seen yesterday down there with all those books that were not, all those hymnals that were not being used, boom, those things can disintegrate. So it had to be preserved. Through generations. The Bible says in Psalm 12, verse 6 to 7. Are you still with me? The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in the furnace of earth. Purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them. I like what Brother Cal said the other day. It was like two Sundays ago. It was like, I'm learning English from you, brother. <laughs> the word them. Is a noun or a pronoun? It's a pronoun, right? So pronouns have to have antecedents, meaning the ones that, are, that they are representing, right? So them is referring to what? The words. God shall keep 
those words. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation for forever. If God was not able to preserve His words from Revelation all the way to now, then He has ceased to be God because He has lied in this verse over here. You with me? I'm telling you, when it comes to God's word, His, his integrity is what's hanging on the balance. That's why we need to take this seriously. Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 17. Why do they need to be preserved? Why do they need to be careful about making sure? Or why did God need to be careful about making sure that His words is preserved through, or are preserved throughout all generation? Why? Because 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 17 says, We are not as, what? Many which corrupt the word of God. I'm sorry to tell you this. When it comes to taking a stand for the purity of God's word, you can be sure that there are only few. Many, however, are those that corrupt the word of God or those who don't care to stand for the integrity of God's name. We are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. Well, I've heard some people would say, have, have you heard some people say, you know, all these gods, all these religions, all these churches, they all lead us to the same direction. Have you heard that before? Right? I've also heard this. All those Bibles, all those translations, they, they all say the same thing. That's why God had to preserve them. If they all say the same thing, why is there so many? I'll give you an example. Now, I told you this before. It's, it's a good rule to live by. You ready? <laughs> Things that are different are not the same. Remember that? So, with that in mind, the word grievous, the root word of which is grief, is that a positive word or a negative word? Negative, right? So, let's see this verse over here. Psalm 10, verse 4 to 5. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after, after God. God is not in all his thoughts. His ways are always, what? Grievous. Negative, right? Thy judgments are far above, out of his sight. As for the enemies, he puffeth at them. See, tell me if they all say the same thing. Right? Psalm 10, verse 4 to 5 in other versions. The wicked. Who is it talking about? The wicked. Number one, in first translation, his ways succeed in all times. Can you read that from, from that far? Number two, the wicked. His ways are always prospering. 
Number three, the wicked. His ways prosper. Or sorry, his ways are always prosperous. Number three, his ways are always prospering. Number four, the wicked. His ways prosper. Can I ask you, are they the same? Can you understand why now, why so many Christian churches stand on prosperity gospel? Because of stuff like this that can creep in. Is that not scary? Is that not serious? Is that not grievous? Number one, revelation. The action is the giving of the truth from God to man. Number two is inspiration. The action is the recording of truth from man to scripture, from man to manuscript. Number three is preservation. It is the preserving of truth from the scriptures throughout all generation. Number three, or sorry, number, number four is our action this time. Reception. Huh. Reception. Scripture through generations to doctrine. Meaning it's the believing of truth. It doesn't become our doc. It doesn't become doctrine to us if we don't believe it, does it? The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye receive the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye receive it not as the word of men, but the word, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Remember, we talked about this before. What is the equal reaction to the action of giving of the word of God? Some people say praying. You know, how do you receive God's word? The Bible defines receiving God's word as believing. Look at John chapter number 20, verse 31. These are written, Right? What is supposed to be the, the reaction to when something is written? Some people would say, read, reading, right? If something is re- written, you read it. But look at how advanced the Bible says. These are written that ye might believe, amen, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through His name. So what good? Can I, tell you, can I ask you this? What good is it going to do you or me or everyone else in this world if God went through all that trouble to give His Word, to inspire His Word, to preserve His Word so that it can travel through time to get to us? And then when it gets to us, yeah, we read it, yeah, we listen to it, but we don't believe it. What good is that? Nothing. What good is having a copy of the Bible if you don't believe it? What good is having even the original, original Greek and Hebrew, which we know does not exist anymore, in your bookshelf if you don't believe the truth that's in it? Nothing. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Not only did God say that the unsaved, watch it now, 
no matter how moral they are, no matter how great they are, if they are unsaved, God says they don't receive the things of the Spirit of God. They may have a copy of it. They may say that they believe it. They may say that this is their religion, but they, the Bible says they receive not, meaning they don't believe it. Not only do they not receive it, they are foolishness unto Him. Not only are they foolishness unto Him, they cannot know them. Amen. Would you be okay if... Yeah, I'm digging my own grave. I've started this already anyway. Might as well. Right? Would you be okay to have your child be watched by an LGBT person? I won't. And I know there are some people out there who are trying to be good. And praise God, God can save anyone. But just because he's my child, then I can't. I can't, I can't do that. I, I'm not going to allow my child to be taken care of by an LGBT person. You know that Virginia, do you, have, has anyone ever heard of Virginia Mollencott? Virginia Mollencott is a lesbian, an out and out lesbian who teaches it, also part of the translators of the NIV. I'm not saying that you're wicked and evil if you use that Bible. I'm just, I'm not even asking you to change that Bible. I'm just saying, let's start looking at it and studying it and learning it together and then go to the one that God wants us all to go. Amen. Remember the Sunday before, before uh, last when I said, listen, if my responsibility to you is illustrated by that of a, a shepherd to, a, to the sheep, guess what? I, you know, you should, you should be able to trust your preacher that, who cares for you. Who, never mind your preacher, you should be able to trust God's word to take you. Thou leadest me to where? To where there's good food. Amen. They receive not the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness unto Him. Neither can He know them because they are spiritually discerned. So if they cannot do all of these things, why would you trust them to translate the Bible? Like I said, I'm digging my own grave anyway. <laughs> Let's, we got we to gotta work on that constitution pretty quick. <laughs> Number one. Press uh, Revelation. Truth from, uh, God, the giving of truth from God to man. Now, number two, inspiration. The recording of truth, man to scripture. Number three, preservation, the preserving of truth. Scriptures through, uh, through the generations, through time. Number three is reception, the believing of truth. Uh, scriptures through time to doctrine. Number four is consideration. Consideration, what does that mean? 
Meaning, it's the studying of truth. You're considering these things. You're considering those things. It's doctrine. The action is the doctrine. Uh, uh, sorry, from truth travels from doctrine to rightly divided word of truth. Wait a second, Brother Francis. I thought you said you believe the truth. You believe all the Bible. Are you saying that... That you don't believe parts of the Bible? No, no, no. Hold on. That's not what I said. Thank you for, for catching me on that. I'm not saying that at all. I believe that all of the Bible is true. But you have to rightly divide it to figure out what is applicable to us. Well, I believe all of the Bible should be applicable, applicable to us. Well, then why are you here and not here yesterday? The law says you're supposed to Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The Sabbath day is Saturday, not Sunday. Amen. How many of you had bacon for breakfast? <laughs> See, there are truths in the Bible that are not for specific people or are for specific people and you have to rightly divide which ones for us. Amen. That's why the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2 verse 15, Study! To show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the, the word of truth. You know the King James Bible is the only Bible that says study. Other version says be diligent. Other version says do your best. And other version says be diligent and do your best. Amen. Right? Study to show thyself approved unto God. The Bible says in John 5 verse 39 which we... Are gone. <laughs> Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So when Jesus Christ was talking to the scribes, I'm going to end here. I know there's still a lot, but I'm going to end here. The Bible, Jesus Christ was talking to the scribes and Pharisees. He says, Search the scriptures. But then when Paul talked about it, he says, in Ephesians chapter number 3 verse 8, Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the what? Un See, you can't search it up there. It's gone. <laughs> the unsearchable riches of Christ. Why? Because in the prophecy program, everything can be searched in the scripture. During those times, they only had the Old Testament. Right? The mystery which was given to the Apostle Paul during that time was unsearchable. That's why that responsibility to be given to us was given to the Apostle Paul. So, number one, and we're going to end there. Number one is revelation. That's the giving of truth from, uh, from God to man. Number two is inspiration. That's the recording of truth from man to scripture. Number three is preservation. That's the uh, rec uh, preserving of truth from scriptures throughout all time and generations. Number three is reception. How do you receive God's written truth? You believe it. No matter how many times you've read the Bible, if you don't believe it, it does not do you any good. Amen. Number four, or sorry, number five, last but not the least for today, is consideration. It's the studying of truth. Once you have studied what's yours, then it does not feel like you're drinking out of a fire hose. Amen. A lot of people think 
that the Bible is just a waste of their time. You know why? Because there is no system. There is no way for them. They're just, it's just like they're drinking out of a fire hose. But God says, no. Don't stop reading all the Bible because you can learn from all of it. All of it is Scripture. Don't tear away the Old Testament and throw it away because they're not up applicable to us doctrinally anymore. Nope. Still read it. It's still true. But doctrinal application, you have to study and rightly divide what they are. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Father, so many times, dear God, that we have taken for granted your word. But you have done so many amazing things to get them to us, Father. I pray that uh, this would not be a source of division for us, but something that would strengthen us, dear God. Nobody is in here for the money. Nobody is in here for fame. Nobody is in here for for uh, power, I guess. Influence, that's the word I'm looking for. But we're all here to edify each other, to evangelize people that are not in you, that, that are not saved, and most of all, to exalt you and your words. Father, please help us. Like I said, we're not... We're not causing anyone to throw away their Bible. We just want to start looking into the issues once again and that we would be led and directed by where you want us to go. If there's anyone that's listening that's not sure that they're saved or they're not saved, Father, I pray that you would help them understand that you took all the time and all, you, go, you went through all those things, all the trouble to get your word with 100% integrity and 100% power from the beginning all the way to us so that we can know that your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, died, was buried, and rose again. And that believing, we can have life in Him. Father, thank you, Lord, for everything. Thank you for everyone that's here. For those who are not feeling very well, we pray, Father, for your strength. For those who are not here, we pray that you'd be with them. And we pray for a wonderful week, dear God, ahead of us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.